Ugh. It's Lent again. I mean, it seems to come around every year. The season where the church makes you feel inadequate. Like you're not enough. Like you should be doing more. You need to pray more. You need to read scripture more. You need to go to church more. And who has the time for that? With work, the piles and piles of the never-ending laundry, those dishes, the kids. And soon, well, probably soon, spring will be here. And that's great and all, but you know what that means. The snow's going to melt. There's going to be mud everywhere. The yard's going to look like a disaster. So much more work to do. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. And here we are talking about it when we should not even be here yet because it's an hour earlier. What a way to kick off Lent. We should be doing more. That's the message we hear. We are not good enough, but I don't know about you, but what I think I want to give up for Lent this year is Lent. Now, our scripture reading this morning doesn't really help us feel any better. I mean, it sounds innocent enough. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It sounds wonderful, doesn't it? It kind of makes you feel light, rest, easy, gentle, light. But there are more words in there than those. Words like take and yoke, learn and burden. Since when has a burden been light? Since when has a yoke been easy? It makes no sense. Jesus, you've got to be yoking. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Thank you, I'm giving up uh, jokes for Lent too. Um, But seriously, what is up with this text? Is Jesus joking with all that we have going on in our life? The pressure to succeed, the pressure to perform, to impress, to raise great kids and great grandkids, to take care of your health, to eat right, and maybe, maybe at some point during the week, find some time for yourself. Jesus comes along and ties one more burden upon us. Oh, by the way, make sure you have enough time for God too. How is that yoke easy? Now, I was so stumped by the scripture searching for some good news that I decided to pull out my Greek. All those years of biblical Greek that I learned in college and seminary, and I was going to pull it out, and then I realized I don't remember any of it. So I asked Marty, and uh, she told me to just Google, so I did. <laughs> and guess what? My yoke is easy? That phrase that Jesus says, well, that's actually a bad translation. Now, the New Testament, I'll remind you, was written in Greek, and uh, things happen when you translate from one language to another. The English word easy is not really the best equivalent for whatever that Greek word was that Jesus, well, Jesus didn't say it. He spoke in Aramaic, and then they wrote it down in Greek later, but what Jesus actually said is different. But before we get to that, I think we need to explain what this English word yoke means. We're not talking about that yellow center of an egg. A yoke was a harness, a harness placed around the neck of an ox. Attached to it was a plow so that the ox could plow the field for you. With the yoke around the neck, it made it a little easier to plow the field. But it sounds kind of horrible, doesn't it? 
like a lot of work. But was, what was even worse for the animal was when that yoke was ill-fitting. The burden was heavy enough, the work hard enough, but the yoke, if it didn't fit right, it made it all heavier. It made it all harder. Every pull, every movement would hurt the animal. And that brings us back to the Greek. See, Jesus isn't saying the yoke is easy. What I discovered is, well, of course, nothing worth doing is easy. But what the Greek actually means is that the yoke fits well. It's the right size. It's the yoke you need in order to do the job you need to do. Now, a couple weeks ago, Marty mentioned in her sermon, our trainer from Anytime Fitness, Danny. Welcome, Danny. Danny's here. And most inappropriately, Marty then showed off her bicep, if you were here. And, you know, I mean, if I wasn't wearing this jacket today, I'd totally show you mine. But, I, you know, I don't want to make Marty feel bad. But um, Danny's teaching me something other than uh, that I have muscles that I didn't even know I had until they start hurting. But I'm learning the value of finding the right burden, the, the right weight. See, when you're, when you're lifting weights, you're doing weight training, if you lift too light of a weight, well, the workout's pretty easy, but nothing happens. You don't get any stronger because of it. But if you use too challenging of a weight, you get hurt. And Danny yells at you things like, don't arch your back and engage your core. The secret, I think, is to find that right balance, the right weight, that perfect combination of what you're already able to do but what challenges you as well, too much and you get hurt, too easy and nothing changes. Maybe weight training isn't the right fit for you. What about music? The other day we went to Taylor's solo band competition, that grueling exercise that the middle school makes all their band students do. And we sat in the room and listened to, to, to different pieces being played, each song a little different. But there was a theme in the advice that the judge gave every one of the students in those complicated pieces they were giving seventh graders. The judge would tell them at the end, you know, that's a, that's a hard song. There's a lot of notes in there. You got a little too fast and you try tripped over the nose. And the advice given was, maybe you should slow down a little bit. Find the right tempo for you. Slow down and then get all the notes. And the more you practice, the quicker you can be, but you got to start off at the pace that you can do. Slow down. Find the right tempo. Maybe that's what Lent should be about. Not more guilt, not more heavy burdens, but an invitation to slow down to find the right tempo. We are, we are busy. We're all busy. We've got a lot to do, a lot of weight to lift in life, a lot of notes we're expected to hit. And we don't need one more thing to put on top of all of that. What we need is to find the right fit, the right tempo. But how do you resist just seeing the Christian life as one more thing to do on a long list of things to do? Maybe we're still not reading this text right. Maybe we're not hearing Jesus' words right. My yoke is well-fitting. We got that, yes. But what is a yoke again? Yes, it's that thing you put on an ox to plow a field. But a yoke was meant for oxen, for two ox. 
One ox is never expected to plow the field alone. The yoke has two sides to share the burden together. And together they would plow the field, two animals sharing the work. Knowing that maybe now we can hear Jesus' invitation. Come to me, he says, all of y'all who are weary, everyone who's burdened, burdened by the world, burdened by the church, burdened by yourself and the weight of all those expectations you carry. Come to me and I will give you rest. Try on my yoke for it fits. It's gentle, but it's not a yoke just for you. You and I, we're going to be yoked together. Together, we will plow through this. Together, we will carry the load. Together, you will find rest for your soul. Jesus' invitation is not to add more burden to you. Jesus' invitation is to share the burden with you. To take on his yoke, to learn from him how to carry those heavy burdens, to find the right tempo, to learn from Jesus what is the right fit for your life and to discover what it is you're created to be. The other day on Facebook, I saw Sally Reveille post about her orchids that are blooming. Did you see this? It was kind of cruel seeing those pretty flowers in her house and looking out the window. But it gave hope for spring, and it reminded me of a movie I saw uh, a decade and a half ago, I guess, called Adaptation. It was an adaptation of a book that I never read, The Orchid Thief, The Orchid How do you say that? Orchid thief. I said it right the first time. There's a quote I found from that book about this attraction between an insect and this specific orchid that this insect is meant to pollinate. And I think this quote might be what we need to hear today. The book reads, there's a certain orchid that looks exactly like a certain insect. And so the insect is drawn to this flower. It's double its soulmate. And this insect wants nothing more than to make love to it. After the insect flies off, it spots another soulmate flower and makes love to it, thus pollinating it. And neither the flower nor the insect will ever understand the significance of their lovemaking. I mean, how could they know that because of their little dance, the world lives, but it does. By simply doing what they were designed to do, something large and magnificent happens. In this sense, they show us how to live, how the only barometer you have is your heart. How when you spot your flower, you can't let anything get in the way. So let me free you this morning from a burden. Lent. The Christian life, really, it's not about adding one more thing to your to-do list. But being yoked to Christ is about finding you, finding yourself, finding your flower as it is. God is not trying to add to the busyness of your life. God is helping us discover our orchid, that thing we were created for, finding your tempo, finding your purpose, finding the right fit, finding your calling in life. So church, this Lent, give up whatever it is you need to give up. Take on whatever it is you need to take on. But more than anything, accept Christ's invitation. Yoke your life to the one who created life. Find your pace. 
Learn from Jesus how to be who you, you are called to be. And come to him, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened, and find your rest. Yoke up with Jesus. Learn from Jesus. For his yoke, it's just the right fit. His pace, just the right tempo. And yoked to Jesus, he will carry you to your flower, to that place and that pace you were meant for. Amen. Amen. Invite us to enter into a time of prayer. And just find in the midst of this crowded chapel a place of silence. It's okay not to fill that silence with words in your head. And it's okay if your thoughts don't quiet down either. But find some stillness, maybe putting your feet on the floor, your hands folded in your lap, and pay attention to your breath. There is nothing expected of you now. There is nowhere to go, nowhere to be. The stillness, this being, it is enough. You are enough. Let us sing verse 2, our prayer song.